Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And uh, Malcolm is not here. Uh, if you if you listen to our uh, Berserk miniseries, the first episode of that, you will you will know that he has uh, retired from his duties. He will he will still be with us uh, for this uh, Berserk miniseries, but now begins the the Malcolmless transition uh, from Is This Anime? And of course, I, I will miss him very dearly. But thankfully, joining us uh, today is uh, returning guest uh, Jordan Mitchell Love. Uh, thanks. Happy to be here. And yeah, uh, that's going to be big shoes to fill. Uh, but, you know, hopefully I'm up to the challenge and, you know, offer some color commentary. For sure. And we've picked a good uh, series to start with because this is this is going to be our three part mini series covering uh, one of my favorite animes. And one that I knew Malcolm was never going to be willing to tolerate on, on a longer form level. Uh, we're doing Gurren Lagann. Yeah, it's a uh, and and to be fair, it's one of those anime that unless you're really kind of, I think, in the world, it it requires a certain mm. level of uh, suspension of disbelief because it is it is wild from the get go. I love it. Um, this was so my experience with this series. I'll, I'll just go with that first before I bring it to you, Jordan. Um, back when I first kind of got uh, reintroduced to anime. I'd watched like Devilman Crybaby. I did um, Full Metal Alchemist. And then I did Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then I, just in the recommendations, Gurren Lagann uh, came up. And uh, Gurren Lagann and Ava could not be more different. I think uh, Gurren Lagann is a very good antidote to the misery that is Ava. Yes. And it's really funny because both of those, uh, both of those series are from the exact same company. And it's just Ex- wild to see the difference. <laughs> Exactly. So we'll just get into a brief history segment. Um, but this was made by Gynax, the same company that made Ava. Uh, Gurren Lagann premiered in on April 1st, 2007, ran until September 30th, 2007. There's 27 episodes, one of which is a recap. We obviously will will skip covering the recap episode. But otherwise, um, the director of this, Hiroyuki Imaishi, um, he also had worked on Evangelion. And, you know, he himself had seen this series as kind of kind of a counterpart to Ava. Ooh, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way because it, it does make sense because they're both mecha anime. Um, and whereas I think uh, Ava is more sort of gritty, we- real world. Uh, the way I described uh, 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 Guren Lagan to uh, recently was it's a seventies mecha anime. If you did a lot of acid right beforehand, it's just very big, bright, bold colors crazy big speeches amazing characters and just this really weird crazy fantastic world yeah um and and uh hero yuki what he said uh he said gurren was a response to eva because after eva a lot of uh mecha anime uh they the the famous phrase in eva is get in the robot because of course uh, shinji the lead character does not want to get in the robot he's he's a he's a he's a depressed child and getting the robot is bad and makes him feel bad and bad things happen to him uh so hiroyuki he wanted to create a series that kind of went back to you know hey being in the robot is a good thing yeah and it's you know again it's bright and colorful and you know the you know one of the main characters in here uh uh uh, Simon, like he also doesn't want to get into the mecha at first, but he's convinced kind of otherwise. And and the reactions that they ultimately have, I I feel like almost like uh, uh Simon and um and Shinji are ca- almost kind of two two sides of the same coin. Um, one kind of you know one kind of flourishes uh in the ch- in the mecha chair, and one and whereas one kind of goes deeper deeper into like depression and and apathy. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, this series brings me joy. Just straight up, we're we're gonna have three weeks of joy, even though this episode, this block recovering, which is uh, episodes one to eight, does end on a downer note. It it does indeed, but it's such a cool setup of the world. And I mean, I remember watching this. This is one of the very first anime I watched in college uh, with one of my best friends. Um, it was one of the very first anime I watched week to week because, uh, my uh my friend and he was my roommate at the time found this. A series through a friend of ours who's an exchange student from Japan and told us how to watch it from, uh, shall we say, less than um, upstanding <laughs> means. Um, so we kind of watched it week to week and it was one of my very first experiences like watching something from from week to week. And I remember just seeing from, from the get-go just the colors because this is one of my first big anime that really uh, helped deepen my understanding of, of the genre. And it was just beautiful i was absolutely just mesmerized yeah i mean th- this this mecha anime is what i anytime i i see a finale um to to an anime or or even like a japanese video game this this finale in girl and Lagoon, i i don't want to hype it up too much and of course we'll we'll get to it when we get to it but um i hold it on a pedestal to which i compare everything else um if if yeah. a series does not reach Gurren Lagan, um, a heights of insanity for its finale. Um, then I'm just like, you know, that that's my uh, barometer because my God. And uh, let's just start from the opening scene. I completely forgot that this series opened up um, kind of towards the end where you do see Simon uh, as an adult um, on top of a massive, uh, it's a massive mecha, but it's like a mecha fortress. Yeah, it's like a mecha. It's like a mecha spaceship, and like we learn more yeah. about it, you know, obviously as we go in. But it's just this very big. Again, it's this very big, bold world. And then, like you know, right after that, right after that title sequence, then all of a sudden you have talking about digging and people with drills. And and I loved that sort of contrast between those first two shots of this sort of very uh, grand and epic, almost infinite feeling of space wherever the heck we are in that first scene to that second scene where you see people just drilling in holes and that sort of uh and even like that overhead shot where people are where people are just kind of drilling through the earth you get a feeling of how small everyone feels and i thought that that was just a really amazing contrast absolutely um so let's talk drills this is this series is all about drills and when i first watched it i was like is this going to go beyond that because because to me drills are not the most obvious uh mecha weapon i'm used to stuff you know i'm used to gundam so i'm used to like swords and bazookas and stuff like that but no this series laser, is all about rifles you know yeah like whatever you know i remember like what is it gundam wing where like some like one of the one of the gundams had like a giant like scythe um, oh, like, yeah, like yeah. Reaper. I mean, you have all this epic stuff, and then you go with a drill. It's like what? Yeah, and I, I guess my first assumption watching the series the first time was like, okay, well, is this going to go beyond that? But instead, the series, uh, and we're not even at the part where they keep mentioning spiral energy, which is going to be a big thing uh, in weeks two and three mm-hmm. of this coverage for sure. But yeah, yeah, the the power of the drill. So Simon, he finds a, he finds a small drill. It's able to awaken this this uh, smaller mecha called a gunman. The, the the mecha in this series are just delightful. I love how over the top they are. They're all they all have faces too. Like their faces are gigantic. They take up pretty much their entire body. Yeah, and uh, I think because the uh, if I remember correctly, I think that there was something in um, like some kind of uh, mythical culture where you actually had like these creatures who would have like their mouth ma- like their mouth and their and their face on their torso. 
And I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I remember the first time watching it, just like remember, just remembering that because even it's, and it was so unique. I remember the first time watching the, even like when you see people in the, like in the gunmen, when they talk, when the people talk, unlike, you know, most things like we keep using Gundam, Gundam and, and Ava as examples, you just hear this, you just hear this almost voiceover um, from like a speaker. Whereas the gunmen in this, they actually talk with the words and it's so weird and different. Yeah. And I'm, and I remember the first time watching going, Oh, okay. The, I almost had this like Monty Python moment, like, and now for something completely different. Yeah, exactly. Because, but that's the thing. The series is so over the top. It's not trying to be real, but that's what makes it so damn fun. Oh God. Yeah. It's just, it's so much fun. Every time I watch it, I've watched this show. God, I can't tell you how many times. And like every time I watch it, it just brings me joy. Um, I listen, I hear that, that opening, I hear like the opening, um, uh, the opening sound song and I just love it. And by the way, just overall, and this is going to be something that I may comment is, uh, today in weeks two and three, the soundtrack slaps. It is one oh, of the rules. best soundtracks I've ever heard. Like even still to this day, when I need to like pump myself up for like you know when I'm running a race, or you know just kind of get get some work done, I put on like a couple like a couple tracks from uh, from Good and Lagan, and I just go yes, I'm gonna get shit done. Yeah, no, I I love the whole yeah, yo yo fight the power uh, thing that plays a lot. It's you know uh, uh, one of my favorite phrases from like all of it is like you know uh, uh, row row fight the power and then like um, do the impossible see the invisible um, yeah. because again it's all about like you know it's and they we talk about it more and more um, like you know with the introduction of probably one of my favorite characters of this series because there's so many great ones of the ability of to just believe in yourself and great things are possible yeah again this this show is so positive it doesn't make i mean ava ava reaches a level of positivity in the final in the most recent and final movie (laughs) but it took a long time to get there it took it took over 20 years for for ava to reach that yeah we're and that again that's kind of like more realistic and this is just more like um just this beautiful like popcorn like uh, again as you said like that that um the the antithesis of Ava, it's just fun. It's just fun and silly and crazy and and awesome. Um, but yeah, I love I love I love Simon. I love his sort of. Uh, I love that he's kind of a downer. I love that he's just this sort of um, almost kind of not mopey, but this sort of sad kind of apathetic individual. Um, he, he almost is kind of a passive character in the beginning. For sure, because again, you know, you you're initially going to think this is a two hander with him and Kamina until episode Mm -hmm. eight and and everything changes, which again, there's a very there's a very clear reason why we are uh, dividing uh, this miniseries into three, because we're doing episodes one to eight this week. We are going to do episodes nine to 15 and then 17 to 27 for the final eight, because again, there's Mm -hmm. very there's three very clear arcs in this. Which is great because these arcs are so, I think, well-defined. I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this show. And I think a lot of shows do is that like, it's, you know, it's not one big overarching plot. And I think, you know, and we see this a lot in like, in like American television and stuff as well. Like, you know, the longer something goes on, uh, you know, people, and you know, if you try to stretch out the plot more, it just gets kind of meh. And you don't feel invested mm. anymore. Whereas, like, I loved one of the reasons why I love this show was because you just had these very, you had these smaller arcs throughout a bigger arc, and each and each arc, uh, each smaller arc was like really well defined. So I was super stoked that we were like we're not covering the whole series. We're just kind of touch. We're just kind of touching the first few episodes. 
it lends itself well to that too, because that's the thing. This yeah. this plot, and that's the funny thing. So the writer of this was uh, Kazuki Nakashima, and the director of this was actually surprised that he that Nakashima was even able to fit in um, this much plot into just twenty seven episodes. Because again, this series this series just bolts. Yeah, it's and it, the thing is, is that it very rarely feels rushed, if at all. And mm-hmm. even when it does feel rushed, it makes sense because of the world. Because again, it's very in your face. I mean, truly, like truly it's like an acid trip like it is it's it's over the top it's crazy um and you know when even those moments when you need to rush things it's totally fine it's totally fine um Mm -hmm. like even the even i know we we talked you talked about the the sort um the sort of recap episode even that recap episode i was like oh like yeah it's rushed but it didn't feel very it just didn't feel like it didn't feel rushed it just felt like it it served its purpose it was good cool let's go on um but i know we're so but yeah, I mean, I I want to talk about Kamina because I love this man. Uh, he is he is awesome, and he's one of those like I think understated anime icons. Um, I don't think he has quite the same sort of uh, sort of a cultural uh, cultural gravitas that someone like Goku does, or even maybe to a lesser extent like maybe like Spike Spiegel or like you know Pikachu from Pokemon. But like Kamina is one of those where like. He has such a distinct look, a distinct outfit that, like, if you ever see even the silhouette, it's kind of like if you know, you know, and you're like, oh, cool, that's that's dope. And he's got such mm-hmm. a great personality. He's so he's so over the top, and I and I love it. I love Kamina uh, so much. Let's also talk about uh, Yoko. Yoko Yoko is great. Uh, the the animators uh, clearly have a lot of fun animating uh, so, some portions of her. <laughs> This is yep. from two thousand. This is from two thousand seven. So you just you just can't again. the The whole fan service thing. I know that does make a lot of people cringe from anime, and unfortunately, Gurren Lagann just fucking uh, dives right into it. Yeah, Gurren Lagann. Has, it has it has no shame. It has zero shame. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's one of the pieces of its charm. And you know, again, you know, we kind of we're looking at it in you know twenty twenty two when we're when we're recording this. So like hindsight is very different. But like you know, at the time, I think they really leaned into the tropes mm. of Mecca of fan service, just, just so hard that you really, and so like unabashedly because it just makes, I think because they leaned in so hard and they just committed so hard, it makes that much more sense. And you have that much more fun because it's like, okay, like this world is, this world is fucking crazy, but it's okay. Um, let's just ro- like, let's just roll with it. If they had kind of stopped short or not leaned completely into it, it would have been, I, I don't think it would have gone over nearly as well. Um, but again, I love the fact that Yoko also like puts people in a place like a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of anime tropes for anime women, especially are, you know, they're kind of helpless. They're kind of, um, they're, uh, you know, they're very pretty. They're very dainty, almost kind of, almost kind of dainty a little bit. And I love Yoko because she's kind of, um, I don't want to say like grungy, but that sense of like, she's very lived in because she educates uh, Simone and Kamina on the ways of the world and like she is at this point like a hardened fighter um, so she's the one with the experience she's the one teaching these guys hey like this is how the world works you need to kind of get on board or get out of the way because I have because I have priorities I have people that I need to protect yeah no uh, well put and also you know she has a sniper rifle weapon and that's fucking dope dude that sniper rifle the sound effect for that sniper rifle is just amazing it's so distinct it's 
I've never heard a sound like that probably before or since in anime. And it's just, it's so distinct because you just know, oh, cool. Like Yoko's going to come in and she's going to kick some ass. Exactly. Um, let's talk a couple influences though, because of course, you know, the, the combining robot uh, thing is definitely a trope of anime. Um, for, mm-hmm. for Americans, Voltron is kind of the big one, of course. But specifically, Gurren Lagann was uh, influenced by the uh, anime slash manga uh, Getter Robo, because that's also about um, kind of a, a co- combining uh, mecha thing where it's po- piloted by multiple pilots who turn it into one giant thing. Uh, Mazinger yeah. Z, also, uh, which was also from the same uh, co-creator, uh, Go Nagai. Going a guy we haven't covered on the podcast, but that guy is arguably like one of the most influential uh, anime manga creators ever. Because again, he pretty yeah. much, I mean, I don't think he created the mecha genre, but certainly Mazinger Z and Getter Robo are so obscenely uh, influential. He also did Cutie Honey, which also like uh, is a huge part of the whole like magical girl thing. Although, you know, mm-hmm. he was also, he was also a very, very horny man. So uh he's me incredibly (laughs) horny incredibly horny and and you see it in his works because some of his works uh are are a lot more uh shameless uh even like he influenced like fist of the north star he did a he did a series called violence jack yeah there's a series called violence jack which is pretty much a precursor to fist of the north star so go nagai huge influence that that was my go nagai tangent but yeah he definitely had an influence on uh gurren lagan and also his own works are like pretty over the top. I, I would not say he was a realist in terms of just his animation style. Although he, he definitely knew how to be bleak. Um, even something like Devil Man was, was definitely an influence on, on Ava in terms of how fucking depressing it got. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, like you see just these, these influence, like these influences and kind of how they've transformed, like, you know, through the decades, cause you know, anime has been around for so, you know, for, god the better part of a century at this point and you just kind of see those influ like the influences and how they pay homage to it and it's and it's really kind of like fascinating to watch uh because you know you're telling me this and i'm like oh that's that's amazing but you know like oh you know uh you know get a robo that's an influence and i was like wait is it oh yeah no that makes total sense and so you know what do they say uh was it like uh, imitation is a form of flattery yeah exactly um let's let's talk some of the the wonderful side characters in this we have virile who's kind of a rival character um he has a great fight with with kamina i love their sword fight because again the series is like yeah let's just have a fucking sword fight in the middle of a mecha anime i love it and it's it's and again it's so beautiful and arguably uh vidal's introduction is probably the is probably the best of any character in this show um because he's just got this beautiful shot of him just you know like you've just got this beautiful shot of him just holding up his sword you see that he it you see that he is not human from the arm up and just you hear that just like that guitar solo in the background and it's just oh it's it's so good it's so good and every time i hear that i go oh something really awesome is gonna happen because viral is arguably my favorite character of this of this whole show Arguably, I have so many good, cha- I have so many characters I love in the show. Yeah, we we will talk more about Viral in in the coming weeks when he certainly gets uh, even more to do. Uh, but I do love mm-hmm. when he when he has his second fight uh, with Kamina and they've already forgotten him. Oh God, that's so great, and it's so like it's so typical of that sort of um that that tr- again it's you know leaning to that trope where you have the sort of go- the sort of uh, goofy lead idiot, um and they just go oh yeah and 
you know, it's just it's completely Kamina. It's completely leaning into the tropes of anime. It's just it's just a fun like it's just a fun comedy moment because again, this show doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and you know, honestly, if like that's to- it's it's totally a Kamina move. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so Rocio, I I love Rocio. He's so great. Um, he's so. That episode five, I, I really enjoy that one because we we meet this like small civilization that worships uh, the gunmen as divine beings, and yeah. it's and it's uh, and it's interesting because like they have this sort of um, very depressing thing because you know one thing we didn't really touch on is like how, how kind of how the world is because um, you yeah. know, Kamina and we learned through Kamina and Simon that most of humanity kind of lives underground um, aside from you know Yoko and uh, and um, and a f- and a few other resistance uh, resistance fighters who are fu- who are fighting uh who are fighting the villains of this arc the main villains of this arc, and then you have a Rossiu who's, you know, in a very a very like underground area that's a lot less developed at least with Simone and Kamina and I loved um how Simone put it in episode five where he's like well at least we had you know like enough food to go around at least we had electricity like where Rossiu lives like they don't have any of that. And mm-hmm. so Rusty has kind of a product of his environment. He has this like very pragmatic, very analytical sense, very analytical sense. Cause he had to, he had to do that in order to survive. Um, so one thing I haven't touched on is that there's actually two movie adaptations of Gurren Lagan, and they're basically recap movies um, mm-hmm. with some additional animation. And uh, Rocio is definitely the character that they cut the most out of, unfortunately, which sucks because I, I love, especially I mean, we're already teasing stuff for future episodes, but definitely in week three, Roshio gets so, so much good stuff. Um, yeah. It felt almost like Game of Thrones to me when I was watching it uh, with the power yeah. of plays he's going to. But well, no, he's he's like the grounded. He's the grounded character. He's almost like the the straight, the the proverbial straight man of the group. Like you have all these big, crazy personalities, Um, even like, you know, Simon and Yoko, like they're who are generally more level headed. They're just kind of all over the place. And Rosio is like almost like the only voice of reason. The uh, like the hot, the, the hot springs episode where Rosio is like very suspect of this because they're like, wait, like, how are there, you know, people on the surface just, you know, having a hot, sp- having a hot spring. Um, he's the only one who questions it. Um, and I really appreciate that about him. Um, let's also talk the hot spring episode, which which comes as early as episode six. And they basically, uh, the director had stated it was a choice between a beach episode or a hot springs episode. That's how, that's how they saw it. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. It makes so much more sense though to do a hot springs episode. Cause it's, again, it's leaning into that trope. It's so over the top. Um, I love, you can really see like the animation and how seriously and how, and, you know how like crazy it is because I think like at one point like Kamina is floating on the on the women and he's he just becomes like this weird snake figure and it's just like strange and weird and you're just like oh I remember the first time watching it just being like what what the actual hell is going on I'm I'm so confused did he become because I immediately like compared it to you know like Goku on on Snake Way on one of the earlier on the early filler episodes I was like is there is there something going on like is he is he drug and I was like oh no no this is just the cra- this is just the crazy the crazy world just accept it and again just you need to accept the world that's the one thing I tell people is just you need to accept the world because once you do that you are going to have a hell of a time exactly uh i have no problem with that again the over the topness is just what makes this show so damn fun um yeah and yeah what what else is there we haven't talked about katan who's also such a fun character H- him uh, and the black siblings 
Which is, you know, saying it kind of out, like saying it kind of out loud. It's out, like, it's, but like, well, it's like they dress in black. They dress in black. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like they are, Kitan is almost that sort of like the, 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 like Kamina, if he had been living on the surface for a while and had become sort of hardened, hardened and jaded. Um, because mm. not only does Kitan have, uh, not only is, I think he's, I, yeah, I think he's the oldest of the uh, oldest of the siblings, but he's got, you know, these three younger sisters that he has to take care of. Um, so he, and he's had, they have had to be on the surface. They've had to scrape by. So he's very, he has that sort of, um, brashness of Kamina, but he also has that prag, that pragmatism of Rosu. But again, you know, kind of wrap it up in that sort of like goofy himbo kind of attitude where he's like, where, you know, he and Kamina butt heads. Um, and I love that. Um, I really love that. However, and I, and I do want to address the elephant in the room. Their introduction episode in episode four is probably the only good part about that episode. And I will say that because um, uh, I remember the animation style of, of episode four is something. It is something that exists. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it is very weird. Um, I remember watching the first episode because um, the, the animation quality is not up to par, shall we say. Okay, so this, this, this one actually had a guest director, so maybe that was also the issue. Oh, was it? Oh, I heard, I, okay, so there was that, and I know, like, the, I think it was, like, they were supposed to have, like, rotating animation teams as well, and I guess, yeah. like, that's what I heard. Like, it was the first episode, it was the first, like, uh, episode that, that this second animation team did, and I guess it went so poorly that they just went, nope, we're just gonna take it back to the, take it back to the other team. Um, so it's kind of this weird, like, black spot um, in the, like, this, just this weird sort of, like, anomaly within the episode. Because otherwise, the animation throughout the whole series is spectacular. It's just, you know, episode four is kind of wonky. Oh. I'm reading this. With regards to reading the fans' criticisms, Akai said it was like putting his face next to an anus and breathing deeply. <laughs> uh, oh fans later. <laughs> Fans later became aware of the comments. Uh, so, so the man was uh, Takami Akai, who was an animation producer of the series and co-founder of Ga Gainax. And because when fans uh, became aware of his comments, he announced his departure from the company. So, damn. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Damn. Yeah. Remember when it used to be like, hey, you say one bad comment and, you know, you're just kind of shamed for life. Remember those days? <laughs> Yeah, now now it gets you promoted because uh, you got to rally against cancel culture. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Um, uh, yeah, he left. He left after. Damn, just one comment and one comment on a, a text board. God damn. Wow. That was enough. That was enough for him to leave. OK, bye now. I'm going to see what he's done since. I hope he, I'm hope he's doing OK. Um, I hope so. Because I mean, I you know, I you know, and, and and it happens. Like you always have these sort of like you always have like these anomaly things. But like you know, we all we all thought it. Like we all thought it. Like it's you know, I remember watching episode four, um, for the first time, and uh, and our friend from call uh, a uh, friend from college had already watched uh, episode five at that point. He's like, and and he warned us and was like, look, episode four, the animation is kind of shit. Don't worry. It's the only. He's like, it get it like episode five is fine. I was like, okay, thank God, thank God, because that was whew, it was it was a trip. 
Um, but again, Black Siblings, they're a great introduction. Uh, Kitan, uh, the sisters, they're all like really fantastic characters in their own way. And they, they help a lot. They help a lot and they really help drive the plot. Yeah. So, so the director of the series, he, he said, um, originally they didn't put much effort into developing the, the personalities of the sisters because they were mostly just there for the sake of the hot springs episode. But then when they were working on episode four, because again, they, they kind of do these things out of order. Um, they actually did credit the the guest director for uh, helping develop the personalities for those characters. So that oh, is good. That's good. Good for them. Also, I just love Catan's uh, gunman. Again, it's like a star. It's like a star face thing. I love it so the much. King it's probably Kitan one of, gunman. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite mechas uh, in the series for sure. And if I remember correctly, wasn't it where like wasn't the introduction of his gunman like because he's got you know like he's got the two points? Wasn't his introduction like in silhouette? He basically just like you know um struck and ran through like two enemy gunmen and just like ripped them apart or something like that like with his gun like it was just like a really badass introduction i remember yeah i mean it's it's the first introduction it's the introduction where we also get introduced to the fact that people other than uh other than the beastman and simon and uh kamina will be piloting another mech so it's a big you know a big goddamn heroes a moment so very triumphant for katan um yeah. And as we'll see, more and more characters will uh, be piloting gunmen as the series goes on. Yeah. And like and again, I think like, you know, the you know, Kitan and everybody and the other people that we see that we'll talk about more in the series, they get gunmen because of Kamina. Um, because, you know, Simon got his got his little one, uh, Lagan, who which is I love that. I love Lagan. It's probably my favorite my favorite uh mecca of this whole series because it's literally maybe what like five feet tall it's not a very big mecca but it's just got so much personality it tips off everything and it leads kamina in um you know in subsequent in a, in a subsequent episode to just go well if he can do it i can too and he just takes a gun he just takes a gunman for himself and i think that that you know again it's that sense of like believing in yourself and if you do great things are possible um it's sort of this domino effect you know um and simon is able to activate is able to activate his gunman then kamina takes his gunman then everyone goes oh wait we wait you can do that oh we you can do that too like it's it's almost like the what is it when they used like back in the day they used to talk about how like the four minute mile like no one could ever break uh four minutes in a mile and run faster than four minutes and then someone finally did it and then within like a year, like another dozen people did it. And now it's kind of seen as like the standard um, for like elite running. Um, so again, great things are possible if you believe in yourself. What else should we go into before we, we talk about kind of the two part? Um, it's not a finale quite yet, but, you know, I do see episode seven and eight as a, a two parter effectively. Definitely. Um, I want to talk about the mechanic. I'm blanking on his name um uh uh, leader oh yeah Uh, yeah you did you were telling me that over text yeah go for it yeah so so this was i've watched this show like several times but i've only ever watched it um subtitled and so i know i know that um that you and malcolm have watched have watched shows a lot uh usually dubbed and so i decided to watch this show dubbed for the first time and it was so interesting listening to a show i've i've literally you know spent my entire adult, adult life invested in hearing english voices and i think what is so fascinating about Liron is is the voice is his voice actor his english voice actor because it's stephen blum like the guy who plays spike spiegel in cowboy bebop the english version who's arguably one of like the pillars 
of the voice of the anime voiceover community because he has such a distinct voice and he's and he's just playing this very flamboyant mechanic and it was so, it threw me off so much when i did it and i think i had to pause because i was laughing my ass off i thought that it was just i was like what is happening here this is what is this uh because it's so different than anything i've ever heard him done so major props steven because holy hell that was incredible yeah i i didn't even actually know know it was steve bloom until you mentioned it to me that was the thing he completely disappeared oh, into really that. yeah i didn't even pick oh. up on it during my, during my first watch it was so cool. Like, I loved it. And like, you know, watching it, watching the show dubs, like, I got to say, like, because um, I, you know, I grew up watching dubs and then probably like sometime between like high school and college, I started watching most anime sub. There are a few exceptions. And like, I got to give props to every single voice actor out there who dubs anime, because that is one of the hardest jobs in entertainment period, because you have to take these translated lines and apply it to animation that already exists to mouth movement that already exists and make it make sense and japanese and english are not like you know it's not uh they don't share a root language it's very very difficult so um and i think with show with some some shows it's easier than others and i think this show is probably one of the was one of the harder ones for the voice actors to do because again it's so over the top there's it's so much of this is just very much japan um kamina and simon call each uh call each other uh bro in the english version but in the um but in the japanese version they call all each other aniki which is more closely related they explained in the first episode but aniki roughly translates to like blood brothers um and it's the sense of like we may not you know we may not be related biologically but you and i are so close that we might as well be related by blood and i am and i am acknowledging that and again, I think that the that um, where I'm at right now, I'm also watching this, you know, the English the English version live as we're covering this. So I've only watched the first eight episodes um, dubbed, and I think overall they did a very very good job, while also kind of catering it a little more to American audiences because that's that was no easy task because this is such a a very different anime than something like Naruto or Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon, where it's kind of you know, ease, more easily accessible. This is something that's a little over the top and is you're either in, you're either in it or you're not. Um, and these guys, these voice actors, like I think it was, uh, what was it? It was Yuri Lowenthal who did uh, Simon. Um, Kamina, um, Kamina, I think was uh, Brett, Brett something. Like these guys just did an incredible job. And it's, it's so cool to listen to them and and try to do this because you know and i think that on the whole they capture they capture like the spirit of the jap of the japanese version so well done everybody no they're fantastic and again like this series it's over the top but it also you, it is telling a, a real story so there is like a real tonal balance that it has to do so yeah no, i agree with you uh the dub and the dub in the series is fantastic i do think again we're, we're talking about an anime from 2007 um and again something mm -hmm. from japan and so the treatment of Liron, uh, it is, there are a lot of gay panic jokes, yep. um, which is unfortunate, but I mean, yeah, I'm not defending it, but I will say um, the fact that Liron is a character who, you know, has his own agency and also is like a useful member of uh, team Daiguren, you know, there is something to that too. Mm -hmm. So there are those gay panic jokes and they are pretty cringy, but 
again, again, it's it's of its time, and it pr- does better than other things of their time. I agree, especially as we get on to the later episodes. I think, uh, as you said, like many characters get a lot more to do in uh, in the later episodes. Like Rusty, I think later on really comes into his own in like the in the latter part of the series. For sure, he becomes basically the uh, the co lead with Simon at that point. Um, but yep. again, we'll have to sa- we'll have to save that conversation. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, the, this is a shorter episode than we're used to, but I think we're ready to talk about the final episode, not the final episode, episode eight, the final episode of what we are covering, uh, which yeah. is heartbreak, which is heartbreak. My God, um, mm. this is the episode. This is the episode where, like, again, if I'm recommending Gurren Lagan to people, I'm like, you know, you got to make it to episode eight to know if you're in or out, uh, because mm-hmm. that's where you really see what the stakes are. And also, on top of the sadness, there is also a lot of victory, because, my God, uh, the, the Giga attack that um, Kamina makes uh, as his, like, final move is fucking glorious. And a preview of even <sighs> most, most series, that would be enough for them. That would be enough for them just but this series it does it in episode eight it is it is beautiful and it is um you know and spoiler alert kamina dies um (laughs) which is scary because he arguably was the focus like arguably like i remember you know me and my friend like we were sitting there thinking that you know kamina you know kamina was going to be the the pro the really the protagonist and Simon was probably going to be the deuteragonist or or pro protagonist or co protagonist, and then to have him pass away was just heartbreaking. I remember I like my jaw dropped, and and I was I was speechless. Me and my friend were speechless. Um, but you know, again, that the Giga Drill Breaker, like that, that was communist sort of I think like almost send off and gift to uh to Simon because that was just. It was so, so epic. And it was this way almost of him saying, you can do this. You're ready to, like, you can do this. You can be, you can be incredible. I see the potential in you. And, and it was almost kind of like a love letter to Simon. Like, you know, I believe in you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, now, now all of a sudden the plot has real stakes because, you know, you're not sure if this is going to be a show where, you know, main characters are being killed off or not. But uh, nope, they, they kill off the co-lead uh, in what? There's 27 episodes, so they kill him off about a quarter into the series. Yeah, and it it's just such a throw. And usually, when something like that happens, you just it completely changes the dynamic of the series. Um, but it's, I think, in this way, we'll talk about next time. Like, I think, I think for the better. Um, but again, it's that you know, Kamina was so like instrumental to helping everyone get to where they were that um, I think almost his his gravitas, his personality almost kind of lended itself to being kind of ousted and kind of being, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, killed off because I think if he had kept going, I'm not sure if he could have gone anywhere else because everyone else needs needed to kind of get up to his level and they were starting to, and he almost kind of needed to make room for like his death almost kind of made room for everyone, for everyone else to sort of like fill the void. Again, that's the thing. We've got three weeks of covering this. So I kind of feel is there anything more in these like first eight that you want to talk about or are we uh, ready for the speed wagon? Um, I think the, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about like the beast men um, just a little yeah, bit. Okay. You kind of sh- pop up in like in that. Cause I think they're fascinating um, because you know, they're these, you know, beast human hybrids 
And again, like we talked about uh, Viral for a second, uh, for a little bit, he's a, a really good example of like beast men. He's got like shark teeth and like these just kind of crazy claw hands. Um, and they're human enough and they're human enough where they, some of them could pass, i.e. in the hot springs episode, we think that all the people who work there are human, but they're actually not. Um, but they also have this, I think almost kind of a tragic backstory as well, which again, we get into it, but I, I really like them as antagonists because it kind of, again, leans into that trope of someone who is not quite human. Therefore they're kind of, therefore they're kind of the other. Um, and then, and you know, the plot kind of, kind of shifts so that you kind of understand more about them as we, as we go on. But I mean, the beast men are just great characters, I think. Yeah. They're really fun. And we're, uh, we're going to meet what the four horsemen next week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what they're called, right? <laughs> yeah, they're like they're uh, the four generals. Yeah, <laughs> four horsemen, four four generals, four the four people. They're they're the they're the they're the big bads, I guess. Yes. And and uh, before we leave off, I gotta say one of the best fucking quotes in all of anime: "Don't believe in the me that believes in you. Don't don't believe in the you that believes in me. Believe in yourself who believes in you." Like for fuck's sake! Oh my god! And like it, again, it may when you think about it, it truly honestly shouldn't make sense it really shouldn't but it <laughs> but does. it does it does yes it does just trust us it's a great it's a great quote because again you need to believe in yourself and great thing and great things are possible and if you don't believe yourself that you can do that look at the people around you who support you because they will because they believe in you and they don't even believe in the one that you hear they believe of what you're capable of so it really it's a beautiful quote um and i have i have been guilty of using that quote um to inspire my friends in the past so um <clears throat> uh it's real it's real world advice so basically watch good and log on because it's real world advice you can apply damn it all right uh let's get into our favorite segment uh who is the speed wagon of uh gurren lagan allow me to elucidate ya the name is robert eo speedwagon so for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite uh, supporting character of this batch of episodes. Seeing as I'm the host and I've already uh, premeditated this, I will go first. My Speedwagon is uh, Katan. I love I love Katan in these batch of eight. Um, he has, you know, that wonderful big goddamn hero moment. He's a fun character. Again, he like like you said, he's kind of a counterpart to Kamina. And uh, now with Kamina gone... Uh, you know, Catan might have to uh, to step it up a bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and probably my favorite supporting character is uh, is I've mentioned it before, but uh, uh, Viral or Viral. Like I think you know, people, the protagonists and the heroes are only as good as their villain. And I think Viral is a great opposite of our heroes. I he is so badass. He is so different than the other beastmen we see. He's got honor. He's got depth. Um, and I just think he's, and that music, that his intro music, and you hear it every time he appears on screen. It just, every time I hear it, it just gives me goosebumps because he is just this, he's a force. He's a force like Kamina. Um, again, almost like that sort of the, he's sort of the opposite of, of Kamina in that sense of just a force for, for in this case, evil for, you know, kind of going against the humans and trying to eradicate all humans. So 
Virel is my Virel is my guy, and uh, he may also have some hidden depths that we we will get to explore. So that's the I other mean, perhaps, thing. Perhaps, perhaps, per- perhaps. Uh, again, this show is so fun to rewatch because you know, it, it, anytime you start a show, we, whether it's an anime or a, or a live action, you know, TV network drama, you know, when you're first starting it, you don't know who the important characters are. You're like, oh hey, this Kamina guy, he's you know the co-protagonist. He's gonna be here forever, uh, and then it's like, hey, who's that? Weird, weird short dude, Roshio. Well, I'm not going to pay attention to him too much. But uh, thanks to the power of rewatching things, uh, you know, you, you have that foresight to be like, okay, now, now I should kind of focus onto this other character right now. So yeah, the show definitely benefits on rewatch, seeing how these arcs track when you know where they're going. Yeah, and on the rewatch, you see these characters that are when watching different characters, you see like their development and you see where they go, and it just goes to show like how much thought was put into all the characters and their development because everywhere they go, they go, which we will talk about again in in uh, in parts two and three. Tease, tease, tease. Tune in, everybody. We get to see their development and. If you rewatch it and focus on those characters, you go, "Oh, that's really cool." And it's it's almost like watch. It's almost like you know, I I don't have any kids, but it feels like that sense of like just watching you know someone grow up in front of your eyes. It's like, oh, that's really nice. It's super cool. We love that. Final thoughts on the first eight episodes of Gurren Lagann. All right, I'll go. Um, (laughs) Go for it. You go for it. You go first. Do it. Uh, No, um, the show the show's a delight. Um, It's interest again. I've kind of I'm kind of repeating myself. It's a strong intro. And uh, I'm excited for us to to uh, to go through the hidden depths that we're going to see uh, later on. Even st- I can't believe I completely forgot that the show opened like with kind of the ending of it, where you just see this vast universe and you know Simone on a massive fucking mecha fortress. Um, but again, you know, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. So I hope you, dear listener, are excited for us to continue this coverage. Yeah, it's and it's great. It gives you a taste of what is to come. Uh, my my final thoughts on 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 uh, part one as it were is that it's a great intro you have to accept the world and once you accept the world you are going to have a hell of a time don't be thrown by episode four's animation style but i love what you said which is get to episode eight and that's when you know you're committed or not because it is a hell of a ride absolutely all right i think it's time for plugs uh jordan where can people find you um so people can find me uh on instagram on twitter on tiktok at uh at uh, jay mitchell love uh that's with three l's in a row um that way i get to do all kinds of fun stuff there and yeah fantastic you can find me at uh jack is jack on uh instagram and only real jack m on twitter i still have to remember the the differences between those two and yeah you can find our podcast at is this anime pod on both twitter and instagram uh we're definitely more active on instagram but yeah give us a follow give us you know let us know what you want us to cover because uh there is so much goddamn anime with with the end of uh you know with malcolm's era coming to a close i think you know we probably are going to be doing more miniseries just because hey it's my show now i can do whatever the fuck i want uh, so, you know, if you're interested in us covering more things in long form, certainly I've got no problem with that because it means I don't have to consume 20 episodes of anime every week. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. It's a new start for Is This Anime. It's a new start with our Gurren Lagann miniseries. So, you know, we hope you enjoy. Fantastic. All right. And thanks for bringing me on because I love <laughs> talking about this show. This is a great effing show. That's the thing. I mean, the, this podcast is an excuse for me to watch things I like. And uh, Gurren Lagann is something I really want to revisit. So we hope you enjoy because things only get better and more interesting. So 
Um, just to reiterate, uh, next week we will be talking about episodes nine through fifteen, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna see some cool shit. Maybe maybe Simon will grow up a bit. Maybe we'll meet some other characters. Maybe some other Max. You'll you have know, to tune in hyped. to find out. Get hyped. Uh, bye.